0: All right, all of you in-house and online, welcome. So a three-year-old named Matthew had his friend Luke over for playtime. Matthew, however, was having a hard time because Luke was playing with all of Matthew's toys, and Matthew didn't like the way Luke was playing with his toys, and so he's quite grumpy. When his mother put Matthew down for a nap, she said, Matthew, Luke is one of your best friends. You really should be nicer to him. And Matthew replied, well, Sometimes I'm mean and sometimes I'm not, just like dad. (laughs) Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Sometimes our little ones don't receive the best examples of what peacemaking really looks like. And we as adults don't do very good with this a lot of the time either. Lady Astor said to Winston Churchill, If you were my husband, I'd put poison in your coffee. To which Winston Churchill replied, If if you were my wife, I'd drink it. (laughs) 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 Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now, Jesus' words would have been shocking and radical to those listening to him on the day. Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. That phrase would be repeated again and again to the, to the ears of the Jews. And they would hate that phrase, especially coming from their hated enemy, the Romans. The kind of oppressors that they were, any self-respecting Jew would not even entertain the idea of peace with those kinds of people they didn't want peace with Rome they wanted Rome overthrown and if this didn't offend the Jews listening enough that day later on Jesus in this very sermon would say this you have heard it was said love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. you imagine Jesus telling us to love the Taliban? Jesus telling us to love the drug cartels? Jesus telling us to love the organized crime mafia? I mean, what kind of radical teaching is this? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. What? This Greek word peacemakers that Jesus used is a really strong word in the language. It's a word that calls for action and initiative. It is not a passive word at all. It was understood as someone who would bring oppositional sides together and negotiate a peaceful agreement. A peacemaker was just that. It was a person that made it happen. Peace must be made. It must be actively searched for. The psalmist caught this idea. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The Hebrew writer picks it up. Make every effort to live at peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. Jesus is saying, blessed are those who make peace, those who replace strife between people with goodwill. And Glenn Peace has a great way of expressing this. He says, You cannot be a peacemaker if you are not in the middle of strife. And happiness is being part of the answer instead of part of the problem. Every conflict is an opportunity for the peacemaker to serve the cause of God in human history. A peacemaker embraces the conflict and says, okay, now we're not going to walk around the issues. We're going to work through them together. A peacemaker helps discover the conflict origin and then work toward some kind of resolution for the purpose of restoration. The aim is always relationship restoration. It's always that. Is bringing neighbors back together, is Helping families move toward unity, making amends with one another? Is that on our radar? I mean, are we seeing all of this conflict around us and asking God, what can we do? What can I do? What words would you speak through me? What actions? How can I be active in this peacemaking? Are we teaching one another to speak the three most difficult words? I was wrong. And to follow that with the two most difficult words, I'm sorry, and when necessary, put them all together. I was wrong, I'm sorry. Being a peacemaker is messy. It means that we're going to be in the middle of it. It's definitely a more difficult path. You want to know the easy path? Let people work out their deal on their own. You just stay away. Just watch them fight it out. Don't try to do anything to help. That's the easy road. The problem is, that's what's not, not what you're called to. Abraham, or rather, uh, Alexander McLaren, famous Bible expositor, said this, any fool can stick a Lucifer match into a haystack and make a blaze. It's easy to promote strife. There's a malicious love of it in us all. An ill-natured gossip has a great deal to do in bringing it about, but... It takes something more to put the fire out than it did to light it. And there's no nobler office for Christians than to seek to damp down all these devil's flames of envy and jealousy and mutiny and mutual animosity. (coughs) You talk about a, a call to walk a higher road. But when that road is taken, history keeps talking about it. We keep referring back to it. You remember the French name Voltaire? He was visiting England in 1727. If you remember your history, that was a rough time between England and France. There was so much animosity between them that he found himself in the midst of an angry mod, a mob in England. And, they were, and they, were, they were starting to say some awful things. They were starting to shout to kill him and to hang the Frenchman. Voltaire realized that the situation was escalating to the point of no return, so he stood on this curbstone and he cried out, Englishman, you want to kill me because I'm a Frenchman? Am I not punished enough for not being an Englishman? (laughs) And they all smiled, and pretty soon they began to applaud, and they escorted him to safety. If Voltaire would have been angry and arrogant, his life likely would have ended then and there. His peacemaking quality is one of the traits that makes us admire Benjamin Franklin so much. On on Monday, September the 17th, 1787, at the convention which our Constitution would be adopted, Franklin rose and said, you guys got to see this. Mr. President... I confess that there are several parts of this Constitution which I do not at present approve, but I am not sure I shall never approve them. For having lived long, I have experienced many instances of being obliged by better information or fuller consideration to change opinions, even on important subjects, which I once thought right, but found to be otherwise. Where are those people? Where, where is the guy? that Humility cannot be overemphasized. Isn't a part of maturity realizing that I am not right all the time? I mean, can you even say that without laughing a little bit? Do you really think you're that guy? Do you really think you're that girl? Do you actually think you're right all the time? <coughs> Isn't a better road listening to someone else and searching for some kind of agreement? Truett Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A. He shared an interview on how he was going to try to get his business off the ground through advertising. They wrote this interview down. I'm going to read it to you. This, (laughs) This is great. Truett says, one day it dawned on me There were were competing newspapers in town, and the editors of these papers would not walk on the same side of the street with each other. Since everyone knew about their feud, he says, I invited the two editors to meet with me. I asked each one individually if he would come to my place and discuss a full-page ad that I might run in his newspaper. Neither one of them knew that I had called the other. When they got there face-to-face with each other, they suspected something was up. I said, if you do just this one thing for me, I'll give you both a full-page ad. All I want you to do is just sit over there in that booth and eat a chicken sandwich together. And when you get through, we'll take a picture of the two of you shaking hands, and then we'll add this caption. We disagree on many things, but there's one thing we can both agree on. (laughs) This is the best chicken sandwich we've ever eaten. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know they did it? And he ran both full-page ads? And the climate, it changed. You guys, we cannot... You you guys, there is a profound effectiveness to finding common ground. And nobody, nobody does this better than Jesus. Look at the passage here in Colossians. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile who himself, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross, the common ground of our agreements. It's all, it all comes back to that one thing. Now we're starting to see why Jesus said it the way that he said it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This is who peacemakers most resemble. You see, a son or a daughter of God not only carries the Father's name, but they also bear a family resemblance. Do others recognize God's trait of peacemaking in us? That's the question. Making peace looks like God. Looks like God. Peacemakers bear a family likeness. And that's the question. When other people look at us, do they see, man, Everywhere that guy goes, everywhere that girl goes, they just just bring people together. Do you remember they said that about Reagan? He said, well, what is this about this guy? He just, he's able to kind of reach on both sides and he, he just, and he goes down in history as one who was able to get a lot done because he pulled people together. Look at this great scholar. If the peacemakers... Are they who do not contend with one another, but reconcile those that are at strife? Then are they are rightly called sons of God, seeing that this was the chief employment of the only begotten son, to reconcile things separated, to give peace to things at war. And practically speaking, you all, I don't think that there is a better organization that embodies this idea of peacemaking on earth than our military and that's this weekend. We're honoring people that have dedicated themselves to that. So I honor where honor is due, right? Isn't that what it says? So to all of you have, who have served in our armed services, I know this is Veterans Day, you're n- but I mean I just got to include everybody—everybody everybody who has served or is currently serving. Would you just stand? And we've got enough lights on for you to look around and see. Okay, we've got one over here. We've got one here. We've got one over we've got a couple now i know this is military honoring weekend but i also want anybody to join them who has served in our police agencies or any agencies any agency that's committed to security or safety you know a, a guard that watches something overnight if you've ever done anything like that would you stand and join them okay nobody okay well we, we got, we've got a, we've got a couple here now you see who they are. Am I missing anybody? I know that there's a couple more that they're they're, they're in the <laughs> other room. they're in the other room. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, first, I think we should just show them our appreciation, don't you? Let's just do that right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you much for their service. All right. Now let me ask you to sit back down where you are. And then there's one of them right there. And I think there's another one. I think Eddie's back there too. Okay. I love it. I love it. Come in. Come in and get kind of close around here, and let's put an arm on a shoulder and let's just pray over them, even right now. Father, for all of our peacemakers, present and online, we do give you thanks. Thank you for their service and their sacrificed time, sacrificed comfort, sacrificed strength, sacrificed ambition, health, and prosperity for the peace and safety of of family and friends and others that they'll never know. Let them receive honor from you and feel our deep and enduring gratitude for their commitment to be peacemakers. Hear our prayer, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I appreciate you guys. Look how Jesus' little brother, James, look how James kind of umbrellas, several of these beatitudes we've already considered under the one umbrella of peacemaking. This is a great passage. This is James 3, 17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And the ground which the peacemakers sow their seeds of peace, it's the blood of Jesus. In Christ, people of every generation, every nation, every kingdom, come together in peace because our redemption, our salvation, is in only one common place, the blood of Jesus. In Christ, peacemaking happens. God, we ask in the name of Jesus that we would agree to get involved in the mess. And when that conflict and that strife that makes us uncomfortable and is awkward and even sometimes is dangerous, that you would give us the courage and the grace to follow you into that and to bring people together that are dead set against each other. We ask that you would make us peacemakers at our places of work, in our families, in our schools, among our friends, in our marriages. Make us like you. Let us be your sons and daughters in this family resemblance. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, church, let's stand up. Let's proclaim this song. This is the common ground that we have and let's raise this roof that's about to fall down anyway, huh? All right, let's sing.